Welcome to Messy in the Middle, the podcast. We are two realtors from two different coasts working to improve and grow. We believe you deserve to have a thriving business and live a balanced life. Your journey from ideas to implementation starts now. Hey, this is Ed Billings in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And Jeffy Moultrie in San Diego, California. And we are coming to you with messy in the middle. And we realized if you've been listening to us over the past year, we're coming up on, which is pretty crazy. There's a book that we reference a lot and it's Chris Voss's Never Split the Difference. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot about that in different contexts and we thought today would be a great opportunity to dig into some of the details on it on a dedicated episode. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, so we're going to do that today. And, uh, you know, why it's important and why are we sharing this? Mm-hmm. Um, we realized if everybody kind of had this toolkit, negotiations would go a lot smoother. Yeah. No ego it, involved. No ego involved. And we would just right. kind of get to resolution quicker. So we really <laughs> encourage people to to read it and try and apply it. And it's not about having a leg up on somebody. It's about really understanding communication and how to resolve things and and negotiate um, from a good position. So that's what we're going to do today. So Jeff, I think you were going to kind of ask questions and and go through it a little bit. Yep, I sure am. So um, let's talk about, well, first of all, there's so many, so many things we could talk about with this. Like I'll call Ed and go, hey, I'm getting ready to negotiate a new contract with my brokerage and you would help me walk through some stuff. Or, I, I mean, I can't I can't even think of the hundred times I've called you and we've actually u- utilized this book. Yeah. And, and not only that, you took another class. What was the class? So it was, uh, on Backstory, it was a, a real estate-specific, course that the Black mm-hmm. Swan Group, which is uh, Chris Voss, the author's yeah. uh, company, uh, held. And we met once a month and we went through the techniques and applied them in uh, real estate examples and in, in our practices. Sure. And it was fantastic. So you're right. There are so many different applications from negotiating listing agreements with clients, buyer's agency expectations, actual contract mm-hmm. negotiations, repair negotiations, where you're going to go to dinner with your spouse. There's all kinds of ways <laughs> you can use this. <laughs> well, do you want to talk about like the book's principles um, and how you can apply them? Or where where do you think the best place to start is? Yeah, I think what will the jumping off point is is really the 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 real premise is that if you uh, follow these negotiation tips, mm-hmm. um, they can be applied to where you can get resolution quicker. And there and okay. we're gonna dive into some big categories. Okay. There's a lot we could talk about, and we'll probably do some follow-ups on this. But right. it's it's at, what we're gonna look at today is active listening, and we're gonna go into that. Okay. Tactical empathy. Okay. I love the way that sounds. The, yeah. The uh, accusation audit, which is a fun one. Mm-hmm. And then the power of no. So okay. that's really what we're gonna dive into today. Are those Perfect. four blocks? So, shall we go into active listening? Yep, let's do that one first. Okay, so the way that Chris Voss in the book defines active listening, it's it's a process of fully concentrating on, understanding, responding to, 
and remembering what is being said. Oh my God. Now Cody's going to be like, you need to listen better. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. We do. (laughs) So listening is, it takes concentration and it's, Mm. it's an active thing. And the reality of what most people do, especially in negotiations, is they're thinking about their counter. Mm, agreed. They're, they're hearing and then they're preparing their argument. Yeah. And that is not what active listening is. Right. So it's, it's really a focused effort to try and aim to understand. And on background on this a little bit, this comes, Chris Voss was an FBI hostage negotiator. That's right. I remember reading that in the book. That was really interesting. And so these are techniques that he was on the forefront of developing to get people out alive with the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really powerful. And the book is great reading, just as like the situations he was in, but then it all reinforces the principles. And so right. what he realized is that you really had to listen to these folks and understand what was going on. So would that kind of be the mindset of discovery? Is that that piece? It is. When you go in, when you're having a negotiation with someone, and that's at any point, but especially at the start, you want to have a mindset of discovery, not getting angry or trying to think about what you're going to say to counter their point, but really try to understand where is this coming from? What, Mm -hmm. What? And the deeper you can go in that, the better. If you can really get into the emotional piece and kind of understand and probe that far, and that takes some time. But it's really, it's a it's an opportunity for discovery. Right. And, and so, there's, there's go ahead. Those, there's the three things, right? How, what, and why? Is, are those the things that lead into that that discovery space? Yeah, it's, it's open-ended questions. Open-ended, so, okay. So open-ended questions will lead to that. To get people to, well, there are a few things. So one of the things is asking open-ended questions. So those are how, you know, what, why, questions that are probing and not yes-no questions. Mm -hmm. When you ask ask a question that ends in a yes or no, you can answer it. Uh, That doesn't open it up for discussion. So you're trying to, well, well, how, I understand that uh, I'm looking here in your offer that you, have a uh, really short contingency period. Right. Why is that? <laughs> and, uh, my and buyers, you, my buyer's not approved yet. Actually, so. <laughs> I oh, want to get this offer not, in really fast. <laughs> oh, your buyer's not approved. <laughs> so, but, just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's that type of thing in going through to to really try and understand and asking those questions. So that's that's one technique. So that's is is, mm. is leaning into open ended questions. Yeah. Um, the second is mirroring. Oh. Yeah. So mirroring. So I'm gonna I'm gonna show an example of that now. So uh, okay, Jeff Jeffy, what did you, what did you do this morning? I went for a bike ride. You went for a bike ride? I did. It was great. It was great. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, I rode with some of my greatest friends um, and I rode 50 miles and it was just nice to be out in the sunshine finally. Nice to be out in the sunshine. 
yeah, I can see how this mirroring thing might get me irritated. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know it's coming. But but when you do it a little more naturally, it'll get people to go through and Mm. and and further explain what they're what they're doing. So you're okay, so time out. Mm-hmm. So the mirroring is for is to actually allow the other person to go deeper without you leading them. Is that is that what right. it is? Okay, right. that makes sense. When you when you repeat the last three words back, because that's a common mirror technique mm-hmm. of someone when you're when they're talking, it's and then actually stopping and using a little bit of silence there. That'll encourage them to continue on. Gotcha. And go deeper, okay. and then you okay. just con- and you continue to listen. So you're trying to to understand a little bit more around the situation. So you could an yeah. example would be if you asked, oh, in our market, I see that uh, they on this offer they only have a two thousand dollar due diligence uh, amount, and I started to talk about that. You you know mm-hmm. you could repeat some of that mm-hmm. back to where I'm really getting at the real reason for why they're doing it. Right. Um, it might not be. A, they may have a concern about the condition of the property. Maybe they just don't have that much cash laying around, and they've got to mm-hmm. and they've got to conserve that. So, it's right. a it's a way to continue the conversation to try and understand more of what's going on. That makes um, sense. So, as you do that, then the next technique in active listening is you, is you start to label. Okay. And and so labeling really relies on using. Phrases like it sounds like, it mm-hmm. seems like, mm-hmm. it feels like. Okay. <laughs> so when like. I first when I first met Ed, he would ask me questions and he's gosh, Jeffy, it really just seems like you're struggling today with uh this client. And I'm like, Yeah, man, I am. <laughs> and so over the time that I've gotten to know him, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're Chris Vossing me right now. <laughs> well, but, I think I, I do that work. naturally. I do that naturally, so. but it is. I think but, so too. But it is a technique. It's and again, yeah. it's it's a way to help build rapport and to frame things um, so that you can yes. as as you start to hear it. Now, as you label it, you're putting it into um, the context of where you where you think it is. And if mm-hmm. you're wrong, they're going to tell you. Mm-hmm. And if they're if they're right, they're going to let you know too. And usually, you know you're right, or you've labeled it correctly when they say uh, that's right, mm. not you're right. That's that's right. right. Okay, and they feel they obviously feel heard. Yes, and you'll see that know. like if you if if you're watching something on TV and you agree with it, like if there's mm-hmm. if you're watching some political show or something, or somebody makes a statement. And if you agree with you, you'll say, that's right. People will naturally do that. Say that's right. That's I right. think of I think of the three things we've talked about here. This is the piece I feel is the most important, really. Because it's it's where and I do this naturally as well. I just don't use these words. But it's it's bringing someone in so that they know that you understand them, which is all part of negotiating in the first place. Because a lot of times people negotiate things they don't really, really want to negotiate; they just want to win, right? So this is this is kind of where you you can get in there, you can get into their little head and figure out what's going on. So I like that yeah. part. Yeah. So you could say, well, it seems like your client's concerned about the amount of um, cash they actually have on hand mm-hmm. and putting too much into the transaction, or it's 
it seems, it feels like you're concerned about the overall condition of the property and you need a long contingency period. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Well, no, no, that's not it, right? So then you're, you're, you're on this path of discovery to understand what their true motivations are. Right. And if you really get deep on it, you can get into some of the psychological reasons that they'll, that they'll start to, to give up. And I thought about this. Okay. Like for me, um, buying the best location is really, really important. Right. That's, that's kind of a trigger for me. And it comes from a, a couple of different places. One, when I was in commercial, I was trained that way. Mm-hmm. So it really resonates with me. But if you go even deeper in emotionally... Um, I grew up in a neighborhood where we were like the nicest house on the street. And I saw the mm-hmm. effects of that long-term in my family's investment. So mm-hmm. that really resonates with me. There's some mm-hmm. deep emotional reasons why I always encourage my clients, let's buy the best location you can afford. You don't want to be the most expensive in the house. Yeah, All that stuff, right? Right. So if you can tap into that and know that about me, if if you were showing me property, you know that I like the home that needs some work that's in a really good location. Right. And there's exactly. some deep emotional reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes right? It makes, again, I keep saying the same thing over and over. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. It does make, it right. make sense. <laughs> do you want to dive in a little deeper on the act of listening or do you want to move to tactical empathy? I think we can move to tactical empathy, okay. which is the okay. second uh, subject. And it's really an extension of active listening. Okay, define um, it for me. So it's the importance in building rapport and trust is, is kind of where it goes. It's, and what that's based on is understanding the feelings and the mindset of another in the moment and hearing what is behind those feelings so you can increase your influence in the moments that follow. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to our show. We get a lot of questions about why we do this, and I want to say that we love it. We sharpen our skills, we get to have fun, and we get to interact with all of you. So thank you for that. Thanks so much. And we do have one favor to ask. If you know anyone that's thinking about buying or selling in the U.S. or Canada, let us know. We have an amazing network of vetted agents that are so good at what they do. And what better gift can you give that person than somebody that's best of breed? Enjoy the rest of the show. I think every married couple should read this book. And I, I'm going to start with me. <laughs> because honestly, I mean, this is all great for business, but holy crap, this is so good for just even just relationships, right? Oh, it's all, yeah. It, yeah, it all it's all applies. tied together. It's, it's, yeah, it's... Yeah. it's it's under, it's really understanding. You don't necessarily have to agree, but if you have tactical empathy, mm-hmm. it's it's going to allow you to understand where they're coming from right. and address that. And the and one of the examples they give in the book is they're negotiating with their they're in a high rise apartment and mm-hmm. the, they're coming to kind of do a home invasion type thing and they're barricaded and they're worried about what's you know that they're going to Kill, kill everybody. Yeah. And, and all they're doing is standing at the door saying, it seems like you don't want to go back to jail. It seems like you're worried you're going to kill us. Those are like yeah. the, ta- you know, and they just kept yeah. repeating that. Yeah. And that disarmed the, the whole situation. 
And what the when they did the post interview with uh, the bad guys, they said, "Yeah, you guys weren't going to go away, and we were convinced that we were, you know, we were going to not get killed if we came out." Because he kept saying that, and that's mm-hmm. that's what our number one concern was. So they had tactical empathy with that, and they applied it. So okay, it, it's really. Um, understanding where they're coming from and, and and trying to develop that sense of it. So you may want the new roof on the house. Uh-huh. I don't have well, to agree that I don't have to agree <laughs> that <laughs> that you're gonna get it, but I need right. to under but I need to understand what's going on there. Right. Do you you know, do you think we're trying do you think we're being greedy? Do you think we're mm-hmm. trying to take advantage of you? You know, mm-hmm. what are these things? And trying to mm-hmm. understand that position of where they're coming from. Yeah, this is interesting because I have a client who's extremely um sensitive to how she feels in a location. Does she feel safe? Does she feel like her because her husband travels so much that she would be comfortable, you know, walking down the street to go to the grocery store? Does she feel good in her like is she going to sleep well at night? And when I was asking these questions, um, you find that it's easier for me to help her and serve her to find the best place for her, knowing that because I can do that next layer layer of discovery of you know what is the crime rate here? What is what does happen after? 12 p.m. What? So I'm. You're building this. I I don't know if this is the same tactical empathy thing, but I I do think it's the same in my mind. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. you're under. You're going deeper to understand what's really behind there, and right. you might where you run into it uh, is you might think it's safe to you, right? But you I have know. to. But you have to have empathy, tactical empathy for your client in this case, okay. of point. of what's important to them. And then serving them in that in, in that way, so it yes. it does relate to it. Yes. Um, but it's a these skills and probing techniques and summaries are all kind of going toward building that. And when you have that, um, you're going to get resolution um, in your negotiations quicker. Okay. So, um, the accusation audit. One of my favorites because it's so <laughs> it's so counterintuitive. <laughs> so, of course, I have a favorite. <laughs> so, the accusation audit defined in the book it's a summary of all the objections the other side is going to have. Mm. It's what they're thinking, but they're not saying. Mm. Okay, so it's okay. there. It's in the uh-huh. room, uh-huh. and the goal is to get the objections out on the table to lower the stress level. Okay. And then see the benefit and then eventually see the benefit of like taking your position. Okay. So, it's all that stuff that's there and and you just get it out and it <laughs> and I love Okay. It. <laughs> so, request for repairs, that would be a good one. Okay. So, here's an example of how I use that. That's I, I use this one all the time. <laughs> so, I'm I'm sure we, I should take some notes here, really. So, quick. and we're going to get into the power now, and I'm going to use it in this example, and we'll talk more about what no does. But I'd say something like, uh, "Hey, we've received your repair request, and I'd like to discuss it with you." So, I'm talking to the other agent, right? Yeah. So, Jeffy, <laughs> so, so is now a bad time? <laughs> no, now's a good time. Great, great. Well, Jeffy, I'm about to make your day really difficult. Oh, great. You're going to feel like my seller's being greedy. 
it's going to seem like we don't care about the condition of the home we're, <laughs> we're selling. And But the reality is we really want to find a way to work with you to, to resolve this problem. Um, would it be okay if, uh, or would it be a problem if I outlined our perspective right now? No, that's fine. I see what you're doing here. You got me to say no twice. Yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> so, <laughs> so now you're in control. Right. Right. You're well, I you're think I am. You're about to I'm just gonna lay sock it, out. it to me. I'm okay. just gonna lay it out. But I've but right. I've prepared you. And the reality is what I'm about ready to tell you is not gonna be as bad as you think it is. But now you're like you've you've been able to clear the channel. Mm-hmm. I'm and prepared for something terrible. You're prepared for something terrible. I've told you you're going to think we're greedy. So that's kind of gone. Yeah. And then I'm what I'm probably, odds are what I'm going to, so your mind is racing to how bad it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And the reality is I'm probably going to lay up underneath that and you're going to feel okay about it. And then, right. you know, and, and okay. then away we go. So it's a really, it's a really good uh, technique. I, I actually I actually like this and you helped me with this when I was doing my negotiation for my contract, which and it was it it's so funny because you know you are saying it to me, I'm like, that's never gonna work. <laughs> it <works>. <laughs> <laughs> and it totally works. So that's that's really cool. This is something that I think you should practice with somebody if you're if you're really interested in this part, this acquisition accusation audit. I think it's great to learn and have it start. It's just part of who you are when you're when you're communicating. Because at this point, and how much you have practiced this book, it's really it just comes naturally for you. It does not seem forced. Right. Where for me, I think that when I was using it, it felt a little forced because it wasn't my my nature. Um, it's but it's delivery. An incredible tool. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, delivery. it's delivery. And part of it is like if you sound scripted, it's not going to work. If you sound tense, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. And you notice right. the tone I took with you on that was pretty relaxed. Right. You know, and it's you're like, going to think this that I'm just greedy. You're going to think scene, this is going to yeah. be the worst day of your life. Yeah. This is going to be a terrible. This is going to be terrible. Right. You know. But <laughs> you do say, is is this a bad time? And I said no, as opposed to yes. So you're giving me the power to say no. That's right, and that's the okay. next topic we're going to go the into. And this is no. this okay. is really a good one, and is the power of no. So when you position your questions of, to someone so that they can say no, you're giving them the power, okay. and it it creates a sense of safety and security. And what happens is that a lot of old school sales technique was completely opposite of that. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, set up this dialogue to where you're getting yeses and you're building these, you know, yes responses and you're going to get to yes. Well, everybody's onto that. It feels cheesy. It feels manipulative. And it, it, quite frankly, it's useless and it's an overused technique. And no one wants to feel like they're, you know, stocked or trapped or you know, being stocked or being trapped. Right. And so what I try to do is position things to where you're asking for permission, you know, through no. So you're giving them that opportunity to say no. And maybe I'll give you an example of how maybe people can relate to. So okay. let's let's say, let's pretend that uh, you know, you were sitting in a bar 
and the seat next to you was available. So you're you're okay. there. Okay. And some guy comes up to you and and says, "Hey, is is this seat empty? Uh, can I sit next to you?" Sure. Okay. All right. So you said sure. <laughs> <laughs> how'd that how'd that make you I'm feel? Gonna ch- I'm gonna go like this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you said yes, but you felt like a little. I felt like I didn't have an op. What am I gonna do? Tell him no. Yeah. So okay. now the now the the flip side is if somebody came up to you and said, "Hey, is this seat taken?" No. Would it be an issue if I sat next to you? No. Oh yeah, it right. feels totally different. That is so look, funny. Yeah, look at your tone. I know. You didn't realize you were doing that, but you're like, no, no. Now you've okay, and then now he took me off the defense. You're off the defense. Now yeah. you're in control. Yeah. And so really what good. I've noticed is, and how you apply this, if I'm calling somebody, I've changed after going through this training. I changed my uh, talk track to where I always say is is now a bad time. Mm-hmm. Rather than hey, is this a good time? Mm-hmm. Because and you can hear it come through the phone. People are like, oh no, no, it's not a bad time at all. Or they'll tell you, you know, I'm going into a meeting. I'm like, no problem. Just let me know when uh, I can reach out. Just just call and say hey or whatever it is. But just or whatever it is, if we're negotiating yeah. or in an issue, just say no problem. Just uh, let me know when I can reach out. Yeah, that's you're right. I, <laughs> it's so crazy. Each time we went through those three, I thought one was better than the other, but they really are all equally important. Yeah. They're yeah. all and they all kind of interrelate. Yes. So so um you know it's the other one I'll tell you a, a great technique with this one is if you're at an impasse mm-hmm. on a negotiation if you ask are you ready to give up on trying to make this deal work? Mm-hmm. No. People no. No, we want to make this. Okay, well now, okay, I've given you the power. Well, let's explore. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's a really that's a really good one too. When you're kind of in an invest, you know, you're asking like, are you ready to quit? Yeah. <laughs> of course they're going to say no, I'm not ready to quit. I don't want to quit, yeah. right? Wow. That's so, crazy. it's good stuff. And I yeah, think that that's is. probably as deep as we want to go on this one. Yeah, we um, could we could spend 3 hours talking about this dang yeah. book. And we'll come back. Well, I'm sure we'll come back with some some little uh, more direct things on this. But we encourage everybody read the book. Look for Agreed. examples on how to use it. Um, it's going to yep. improve your negotiation and on all sides. You're going to get to resolution quicker. Love it. Thanks, Ed. I really appreciate you sharing this one. This was good. Ab- absolutely. All right. Take care. See y'all later. Bye, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the show, gained insight into having a thriving business and living a balanced life. We also welcome any ideas you would like us to discuss in future shows. Don't forget to like and share. We'll see you next week.